Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. Something. And it honestly, it kind of stung a little bit. I was really, really embarrassed. But you know what? It was an area and an opportunity in my life for correction. Now, what would have been immature? To me, to be angry, to make fun of him, to find ways to cut him, to respond in anger. Well, you do this. That would have been immaturity. So what, what does it look like to be immature? Well, first of all and foremost, the me monster, if we hear everything coming out of the, our mouths, well, me, 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 my mind, mine, mine, we are self-serving. When's the last time in a conversation you asked how they were doing? I, I, have, a, I have a friend that uh, I realized that after our first couple meetings and when, when our friendship was kind of developing, that he was always asking me questions. And I realized, whoa, 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 this is one-sided. How is he doing this? He's really good at asking questions. I need to be more like my friend, and I need to ask better questions. So I started learning from my friend on how to learn more about others. That, that, those are signs of maturity. How about gossiping? Gossiping, signs of immaturity. Not controlling your feelings and your maybe sexual desires, your lusts. That is signs of immaturity. Those are signs that you have not developed and disciplined yourself and your mind. Holding on to unforgiveness. Friends, did you know that unforgiveness is the foundation of receiving forgiveness from Christ? That's, that's the, the foundation. As soon as you read the Lord's Prayer, that's the first thing that's said. Forgive so you can be forgiven. This, this is signs of developing in maturity. If, if we constantly forget who we are in Christ, those are, those are things that we need to be reminded of and, and mature in these areas. Now, I, I can't speak for you and, and your process of maturity. I can only speak to, to mine. And, um, you know, for, for me, trying not to be critical of others was, was really hard, and it's still something that I have to, I have to really check, check my heart and, and things about where I've made snap judgments without knowing the full story or, or understanding where somebody is coming from. Why somebody made a decision might look really bad until you're all of a sudden in their shoes, and, and there was a perfect example, and I was reminded of, of this. There's a movie called Bombshell coming out, and, and it's uh, about Megyn Kelly and the Fox News things with Ailes and that whole, that whole disaster that shook up Fox News. And the actress playing her said, this is the quote, I didn't know how complicated her situation was, and I think for a lot of people, they didn't understand why she didn't just speak up. Well, why, why is this actress saying this now? She's in, she's playing an actress. She's in her shoes. And all of a sudden she's going, this is a lot more complicated than it looked. And from the outside you go, well, why didn't they just speak up? Well, if that culture is not there, and if you're like your whole career is going to be train wrecked and you don't know what you're going to do, you start making different decisions. Well, what is this? Why am I bringing this up? It's part of maturity. It's, it's part of developing. And this is an area in my life that God has been working on and continues to work on. 
And so we said last week, we have 18 weeks till the end of the year. What can we do to start making changes in our spiritual walk? Not like an Adkins diet, right? Not like a keto plan. We're not doing anything like that. We're talking about a lifetime relationship with Jesus Christ of worship and of praise and, and just relationship with God. So it is a vision for our church to take step towards this lifetime of worship, praise, and faithfulness to Jesus. And as your pastor, I will say this, it is my greatest challenge and probably one of my highest callings to do more than just preach, but to help create a culture of discipleship in this church. Because when you look at Matthew 28, 19, it says, go. And then it says what? Make disciples. So if you were not here last week, I want to encourage you to listen so you can just kind of be on the same page as us as we begin to move forward into the next now 17 weeks. Isn't it crazy how that works? It was 18 weeks last week, friends. Exodus 19.8, and this is one of my very favorite scriptures. I told you that I've had this uh, up on my wall in different offices. I've had this on my toolbox at home, is that when, when Moses had gone up to the mountain, and he had come down, and he said, okay, this is what God said, and I'm supposed to say it word for word, and the people all in unison, and you can see the quote here in bold, they, they responded to Moses, which Moses brought that word back to God, they said in unison, we will do everything the Lord has said. And there is something so powerful when the church family comes and says, we will do everything the Lord has said. And we come together, and there is nothing that we cannot accomplish when we are together and God is with us. Because we are what? Better together especially when you're not alone on a mountain setting up a hammock and rolling out of the way. The tragedy of this story comes shortly after Moses comes down the mountain from Mount Sinai. Exodus 20, starting at verse 18, this is after the Ten Commandments were given. When the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself. See that? Speak to us yourself. Be our mediator. Be our broker. We, we don't, we don't want to deal with this. You do it, and we will listen to you, Moses, or we will die. Moses then pleads with him. He doesn't say, okay, good. I want this. I want this job. No, he says, no, don't be afraid. God has come to test you so that you, fear, that you have the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. He's saying he understands that when you understand who he is, to do wrong becomes a lot more difficult. Verse 21, the people remained at a distance. And last week we talked about all the people in Scripture who remained at a distance Israel chose Moses as their mediator instead of a personal relationship with God. How tragic is this? I believe wholeheartedly this is so vital for us right here and right now. This isn't just a story from a long time ago that we can't apply to our lives, that many of us have settled for a Moses in our lives, an author, a conference, a friend, a thought leader, an Instagrammer, a YouTuber, instead of personally devoting ourselves to the Messiah, Jesus Think of how you learn. Can you learn to play the piano by just reading about it? 
I remember going and, and sitting down for my first piano lesson as a, as a little kid. My, my Aunt Leanne was my teacher in, in school, and, and one of my first things that, that we had to do is find middle C. Anybody take piano? You, I know you're a teacher. should have had you come up and talk about that. You, put, you find middle C, and then you start learning and hearing the sounds, and then there's theory to start going. But you can't just do theory and never put your fingers on the keys. You have to actually do it. Do you think you can become a good and effective football player by just reading the rules and sitting down on the couch and watching? That would be a really first, rough first game, don't you think? Wow, that hurts. <laughs> that reminds me when I started football, I, I, really, I didn't really know the game. <laughs> and uh, I just remember being so proud of how clean my uniform was done when I got out. I thought that should be the goal. <laughs> that, that, I was made fun of for that. <laughs> if, okay, if you don't know, you're supposed to get dirty, okay? It shows that you were like, okay, never mind. Golf. How many of you watched the Ryder Cup have never swung a club, and now you're going to tell somebody how to play golf, right? You have to actually do it. For those of you who love to learn, maybe a language, you can read all about this other language, and you can, can maybe even read it. But until you open your mouth and be, begin to have a dialogue with somebody, you are never going to have that language. Our Christian faith is based on Jesus. It is based on what he has already accomplished by his sinless sacrifice for us on Calvary. You spending more time with Jesus doesn't save you more. Okay? You cannot be more saved by spending more time with Jesus, but it will bring you closer to God. You will begin to know his heart. You will be able to hear his voice more clearly when he gives you direction and tells you how to speak into somebody else's life. He is desiring this relationship with you. So I have a couple of scriptures up here. Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let us then approach. What happened it, with Israel? They didn't want to approach. They wanted to stay at, at a distance. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, no, come with confidence. Church, you can approach the throne room of God with confidence. You don't have to just go, oh, well, Lord, I know that I haven't been praying a whole lot lately. I've missed church a lot. Lord, I'm, I know that I need to spend time, but I'm really having some trouble right now. No, go with confidence. Go approach his throne with confidence. Paul writes in Ephesians 3.12, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with what? Freedom and confidence. You are not limited by past actions. Even when you are in the midst of sin, that does not mean you cannot approach God. He is calling for you. He is calling for you to come. Come with freedom. Come with confidence. The worst thing that can happen is that you are in the middle of sin and you begin to isolate yourself from other people. Call out to him with freedom and with confidence. You do not have shame before Christ. Look at what's being communicated through his word. 
approach him. Approach him. Draw near to him. And what is the promise of God? If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Much of our growth and development as followers of Jesus is developing and growing in a relationship with God. And for us to step from the sidelines to the field, from the couch to actually going somewhere, from theory to practical, hands-on. So Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11 So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity. Now, I want to point this out. Reach unity in what? In the faith. So many times people read this and they think that you have to agree on everything. You have to believe my political beliefs. Otherwise, we are not in unity. No. If my wife and I agreed on everything, we would be everywhere teaching people how to, I don't know what we'd be teaching. But it's just not a thing. It's just not a thing. In unity, in the faith of who Jesus is. And, doesn't stop there, in the knowledge of the Son of God and what? Become Mature, we've seen a theme here. It keeps going. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Attaining what? We are attaining. There's a goal to something. To the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Go to the next, please. Then we will no longer be infants. So again, we're looking at maturity. We're looking at, at growth. Tossed back and forth in the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speak the truth in love. And then what happens? We will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the body of Christ. This is you individually. This is the church corporately becoming the body of Christ, being built up and maturing. There is a vision for your life from God, and it is that you do not stay the same. You do not just sit and just, I made the prayer. It is you keep going to attain the full measure of who Christ is. Church, this is where we have to go. I believe, and I keep praying, and I keep hearing the prayers of other people that they believe that God is going to use the people of this church and this corner to do something to reach people in this community. And let me tell you, God needs to work in us as well. Last week, it was a week of preparation. This week, guess what? It's still a week of preparation. We need to prepare, and we need to start making a plan because proper planning prevents poor performance. Do you think we can go out on a limb and say that God wants us to grow up by these verses? How many times did he say to develop, to grow, to mature? 
God has invested in you through his son Jesus, and he has way too much planned for you to sit on the sidelines. His path includes your development. His path includes your maturity, your growth, so you can attain the whole measure of fullness of Christ. And by doing so, you strengthen the church. And here is my hope and vision for us. I believe that each step that you make towards Jesus is one step away from the world, and each step makes our church stronger and more effective for the kingdom of God. I'm going to read that one more time because I just think this is so important. I believe that each step that you make towards Jesus is one step away from the world, and each step makes our church stronger and effective for the kingdom of God. I want you to make a plan because this is a time of preparation. Just as Moses looked at Israel and said, this is what God said, I want you to consecrate yourself. It is a time of cleansing. It is a time of preparation to go meet God. And maybe you're saying, hey, Pastor, you just said we can go in freedom and confidence and, and we, can, we can even be in sin and go before him. Absolutely. But he is a holy God. And, and he has demands from us. That we, yeah, we might be broken and hurt and we can approach God in that, but we're not meant to stay that way. The closer we get to him, the further we step away from the world. Now, I, I don't know, I, when I was thinking about what preparation looks like and being somebody who worked in, in restaurants for a long time, I, I was just amazed at how restaurants worked, that there were whole crews, their only job was they were prep chefs. They came in early, early in the morning, and they cut all of the vegetables. They would look at the menus. They would see everything that needed to be done, and they would prepare the sauces. They would prepare noodles. So you think of, like, so when you order a noodle dish, they're not sitting back there going, okay, it's been eight minutes. Take them out so they're al dente. No, they pre-cook them, and then quickly they take them out of the baskets, and they throw them into an ice bath, to stop their heating immediately. And then they portion and bag them, depending on which dish that you have. They put on what day they were cooked. If it's Wednesday, they put a sticker on it. And so by the time that you order, let's say your marinara spaghetti, the sauce has already been heated, and they will just put that in a pan. They just heat it up now because it's been in a cooler or it's been unheated, and they get it to temperature. They take the pre-portioned noodles, Bam, because you want to save on food costs. And they just go like this a little bit. He pulls the noodles up to temperature, and you've got your dish in less than 10 minutes. Why? Because people came ahead of time, and they prepared. When uh, Jane and I, we, we loved to go camping with our kids uh, when they were super young, and, and they don't like to go anymore. So I don't know if, if it... <laughs> I don't know if we're just bad at it or if they just kind of like got it out of them. I don't know. But, uh, and we were poor, so it was really a great thing. Hey, kids, look how fun this is. And so we would go up to the North Shore and we would go camping. And we had some friends that we found that we could get an entire group site for cheaper. And it was so much fun. All of our kids would play together and we would have a blast. And so we, we would come. And I remember, I remember one time we had like chicken and we had it still in the wrappers from probably, you know, wherever, cub food and all of our food in a cooler. And we got there. And our friends, you know, it's time for food. And we like start pulling out just chicken, you know, and it's got all the yuck. And we're like, oh man, we didn't really think this through. 
you know, or we're going to, we had the grill, we, we were prepared, but then our friend Heather opens up her cooler. Oh, yeah, everything was already in tinfoil, wrapped up with the veggies, everything in it, and she just went, dropped it in the fire, bam, done. And Jane and I are looking at each other going, oh, we did this all wrong. Heather was prepared. We, we, we were prepared. We didn't go like going, oh, we're going to, you know, hunt for squirrels today. You know, we, we were somewhat prepared, but she taught us and we learned and matured, wow, there is an actually better way of, of doing this stuff to prep and to be ready once you're already out there. There, there are ways to prepare. And friends, one day we are going to meet God face to face and we should be prepared for his arrival. But more than that, his desire is for us to live in the fullness of him, to depend on him, to talk to him. And how do we do that? We do that by time in prayer, by time in his word, with fellowship with other believers, for lifting them up in prayer. As I have begun to this time of preparation, because I'm doing it along with you. Granted, I've had more time to be thinking about it. And the reason why I didn't just do one week of preparation, because I know that for myself, I really have to take time, and I want to be thoughtful about it. And, and so what I've done is I've made some changes, because I don't want to get into a rut. I've had my system, you know, I have my coffee that it's ready for me by the time I get up. And then I would sit and maybe I would look at the local news for a little bit and I would kind of page through some stuff. And then that got a little bit longer than I wanted. And then I would go to, to my iPad where I had my scripture and stuff. And then I would kind of read there. But if I got too much in the news and all of, a sudden, all of a sudden my time was gone and the house became awake and it was too loud and all of a sudden the day comes at you quickly. Does anybody know how that goes? And so I decided, decide, okay, I'm going to change this up, Lord. And so I, I took my iPad, and I took my phone, and I put it out in, by the kitchen. I took my cup of coffee, and I went to my living room, and I just sat on the chair. I just sat on the chair, and I looked out the window, and I just began to pray. And I would just say, all right, Lord, good morning. And, I, I, you know, I talk to people, and sometimes I get text messages or emails for prayer, and I, sp I spend time praying for people. And if I, if I send you um, a message and it says I'm praying now, I am praying now. I don't send that unless I know I'm going to pray. Sometimes Jane and I, we go, we need to pray now. Hold my hand. I just told someone we're praying. And we do it now. Practical. Let's do it. And so I, I've, I've now started and, and to prepare a new system to get out of the rut and to spend time with the Lord. What, what are you going to do? Um, in the beginning of of the month, we, we have a prayer time where we have a praise night, and, and in September, we had our time of prayer, and one of the first questions before we started to pray is I said, I'm just curious, I want to learn from you, what, what do you do when you begin to pray? What, what kind of steps do you take in this? And it was just so fun to hear what different people do. You know, one, one person said that they journal, you know, and, and that they, before they, you know, read anything, they just say, Lord, how do you want us to pray? And they, they allow the Spirit of God to move on them, and sometimes there's scripture that the Lord gives them. Uh, one, one person, I think a couple people had lists. Hey, this is what I do. I, I forget if I don't have a list. So they, they have a list. There's just so many creative ways of, of hearing what, what people do to pray. What works for you? Part, part of the reason why 
we gave you notebooks last week. If you don't have one, please grab one. Is because we know that you learn much more and you retain much more if you write it down. If you feel the Lord is speaking to you, write it down. Yes, this is a fun gift and we're not expecting you to carry it everywhere, but what if you did? What if you began to take notes in, in church? What if you began to take notes when you read your, your Bible? What if you began to journal? What works for you? And, and the other thing is when we're talking about development, because listen, you can watch TED Talks all day and develop in, in all sorts of things. We're not talking about that. We're talking about spiritual growth. And so are you an audible person? Do you need to hear? Well, listen. Start to listen. Start to listen to Scripture. Are you somebody that needs to read? Is that, is that how you take Are you somebody that you learn by talking to somebody? What do you need to do? So we're not trying to pigeonhole you and say, this is what you have to do. Are, are you plugged into some kind of a life group or some kind of a Bible study or something going on at the church? Because this is all a part of your development. You are not meant to go up the mountain alone. If over the next couple of weeks you begin a new discipline, and this is kind of my last thing for you here, is we as a church, as, as staff, we really want to hear about it. Okay? We're not holding you to anything, but I really want to be able to come back to the church and say, hey, do you know what some people are doing right now? Here's some new disciplines people in our church are doing right now and putting before the Lord. That's powerful. We, we want to hear from you. And maybe you've been doing something for 15, 20 years, and it works for you. I want to hear about it. Send us, uh, send us an email. Talk to one of the staff. Let us know. We're not going to call you up, and we're not going to, you know, put your name out there. We just want to hear what other people are doing because it encourages the body of Christ to grow and to develop and to be nurtured in him. Um, just this last, was it last week we went on our walk? So Jane and I, sometimes we do prayer walks. It's healthy and you pray, right? And uh, so we're, we've gone around our neighborhood, and it had been a while, and we, we were kind of peopled out. You know, we were just exhausted. And we had a neighbor who had, who had uh, sent Jane a text, and honestly, I'd never met them before. And uh, they were kind of, they're kind of kitty corner, and you can barely see their house from our place. But, you know, they said, hey, we're on vacation. We got cucumbers, and, and we don't want them to go bad, so can you go get them? And we're like, well, let's just go get them. We'll put them in a bag. I brought my little baggie. And we're going to go pick them up and put it, you know, at the mailbox. And then when we come back, we'll be all ready to go. Well, we get there, and I see, like, all these ring video cameras. And I said, Jana, they're watching us right now. Like, we're, we're everywhere. Right? And so I just started being goofy and waving. I don't even know these people, but I'm on camera. You see the lights coming on. And, and um, all of a sudden, lights in the house start turning on. And they're there. And we're like, oh, no. I mean, we were not dressed for success, friends. We were dressed for walking in our neighborhood, okay? And uh, they were like, come on in. And Jane and I are like, oh, this is not really what our plan was for today. So we go in. We thought we could just kind of cordially talk on the front step. And then they step back and go, come on in. And we're like, okay. And then, you know, the whole awkward, do we take our shoes off, don't we? We took them off. And then it's like, come on upstairs. And upstairs, there was just set up for four people. It was like they had been prepared for us. And we go up and we sit down. And it was almost two hours later. It was completely dark. And we had been now sitting and visiting with neighbors that I had never met before. And, you know, I believe that the Lord was honoring prayers that we've been making over this last year and a half that we've been there. 
that the Lord would give us opportunities to speak into the lives of our neighbors and people around us. And guess what? I didn't want to be there. They're great. I just kind of wanted to let off some steam and walk a little bit with my wife. It was just going to be a great day. But the Lord had different plans. But he answered prayers and people. I believe that when we start intentionally going before the Lord and saying, what do you have for us? That he is going to begin to answer prayers in our lives. We are going to be able to start sharing what God is doing, not only to to thank God for what he's doing, but we get to encourage each other in him. So I am inviting you for a time of preparation and a time of discipline. Would you please stand? Could you throw up, uh, Blake, just that, um, that plan at the end, the personal development plan? So in, in your notebooks, we'd handed out last week, and I kind of went through and explained, and just really quickly, this is just a, a real short way of giving a tool in your hand. It's not saying this is what you need to do. It's just a tool something I developed many years ago. And you see on the left, there's name, accountability. You have somebody that you talk with about it. And this is something that I did with in, when we had a mental health plan for, for somebody. And I just made it into a discipleship plan. And so areas of growth, you write three things. Like Pastor Jim would say, hey, I want to play my cigar box guitar better. Right? Or we have three things. And then you get down to the objectives. Prayer. How much time are you praying now? What can I do? How can I increase that? Scripture reading. What am I doing? Am I not reading at all? Well, let's start with a couple verses. Let's start with a chapter. And then the growth area, you're not allowed to do all three. You're only allowed to work on one. Only on one. We're looking for success over a lifetime. We're not looking for a quick start. And then these are areas where you can check in and make notes on it. Just tools for us as a church to be able to help you develop because God desires for you to grow and to mature in Him. Amen? All right. Are you with me? Is there anybody here that's saying, yeah, I'm with you. We really want to hear from you. And I just, man, I so desire, I so desire to celebrate in God bringing our church together and with him that we began to be in a closer relationship with Christ because we are working towards a lifetime of development in him. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we honor you, Lord. We glorify your name, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made for each one of us. Lord, right now there are needs in this place. Right now, Lord, there are people that have a week that looks stressful and very difficult. Lord, I ask right now that you meet them where they are right now. I pray, Lord, that any stresses, any weights, Lord Jesus, of the world on them, Lord, that you will begin to lift it off of them. And Lord, people that are here and they just have desperate needs before you, Lord, they keep bringing them before you, Lord. We just ask that you answer these prayers in your holy name. Lord, I also ask for areas, Lord, of physical healing. Lord, if there are people in this place that are just dealing with some some things in their bodies, Lord, that are not right, and they've just been just desperate and trying to figure things out, Lord, we just ask right now that you bring your healing touch into people's lives. Minister to them, Lord. In your holy name we pray, the church said. Amen and amen. You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.